Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Pros and Politics Podcast, where we are polished and poised for greatness and impact. On today's episode, we will continue our series on financial literacy. Today's episode will be a little less exciting, but no less necessary. Today, we will begin talking about estate planning. And today with me is attorney, counselor, husband, father, pastor, and male fashion icon, my dear friend, Ryan Neal. Hello, Ryan. Hello, it's good to be here. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank good. you so much for coming on. Absolutely. Like, Even though it's less exciting. It is. <laughs> but you know what? I say that because, of course, home ownership is exciting and opening a business is exciting. But like I said, no less important. So No one wants to think about estate planning. You're right. A little less exciting. But it's definitely something that needs to be discussed right. because... It's not as exciting as home ownership or it's not as exciting about as opening up a business, but it's less exciting because people don't want to talk about their loved ones passing away or the hardships that come as a result of not planning accurately. Right. Um, so that's why we're here today. But before we get into all of that, um, again, thank you for coming. Um, Absolutely. How do we know each other? So... Um, I was recently reminded that we met at um, an expungement summit, mm -hmm. I believe. And I think I had seen you before then. I'd probably run across you in the courthouse, of course, knowing who you were, uh, seeing your face on the website, like, oh, I don't know her. Um, <laughs> but I think lady. that was the first time we actually met and made a connection, which has been uh, many years ago at this point. Probably a good, what, seven years ago, I think. Exactly. And so I will never forget meeting you because I was like, you were sitting and you were helping and you were helping men and women get their second chance, right? Through their expungements and through their sealing and helping with the paperwork. And I'm like, is, is that a blackmail attorney? <laughs> it, it, like here with, with us and, and where did this man come from? And so I remember meeting you and I was like, oh my goodness, that is so good to meet a young black attorney. Because again, it's no secret here at Pros and Politics Podcast, we've had that conversation about the lack of representation in the legal field, mm -hmm. um, both on the male side with 3% and on the female side with only 2% of our lawyers being people of color, um, African-Americans that is. And so I was just like, oh my goodness, who who is this man? And so we <laughs> met and it's just been a great friendship ever since it with your beautiful wife and your gorgeous children. And then, you know, my husband and my my whole pack of folks. And so it, it's just been great. So thank you for coming. Yeah, thank you yeah, for coming. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what made you choose law? Like in any aspect, what made Ryan say, you know what, I'm going to represent this 3%. So, you know, honestly, there was never an aha moment. Uh, there was never a time where I can say, you know, this particular thing that I can point to made me want to become an attorney. Um, as a young child, my grandmother, I spent a lot of time with my mom's mother, and she would always say that I was going to be an attorney. Um, and <laughs> back in the day, she said I was going to be an attorney, and she said my brother was going to be a doctor, 
Uh, we used to watch a lot of Cosby show. And so I would always think like, why she picked me for the woman job? You know, I didn't know at the time that, you know, it was actually male dominated. Um, and so I think that's probably what kind of put the seed in my head early on. Okay. Uh, a lot of people, of course, felt that I was very loquacious. And uh, so that, of course, lended to it. Oh, he likes to argue or he's good at debating. Uh, those kind of things, I think, pushed me in that direction. Um, but honestly, uh, as I got older, it kind of stuck with me. And there was something innate about me that had uh, a desire to have people see things my way, especially if I felt that I was actually right. <laughs> Uh, even to the point of in high school, I would negotiate my way out of punishments. You know, I'd be in the, the principal's office and he'd say, you know, you're going to do you need to do a Saturday detention. And I would say, no, nah, Saturdays don't work for me. Um, you know, I, I work Those on Saturdays. Those early litigation skills. Yeah, right, so, right. Okay. I work on Saturdays. You're cutting into my pockets if you do that. So I'll do <laughs> an in-school suspension, you know, and I, I had all the reasons why that was better. And so it just kind of it, there was just never a time in my life. Uh, where I didn't believe that I was going to become an attorney. Okay. Okay. So has it been everything that you thought it was? No, not no. at all. No. <laughs> I wish someone had warned me. Um. Don't we all? <laughs> Don't we all wish someone had warned us? Yes. Because honestly, so I was the first person in my family to graduate from college. Okay. Um, I didn't know any attorneys. I didn't have, I have a distant cousin who's an attorney, uh, mm -hmm. but I didn't really know anyone that I could talk to and, and you know, understand exactly what attorneys do. I thought it was just all courtroom all the time, you know? Um, and so, no, it actually is not what I expected it to be. Um, and there are some parts of it that I do not like at all, uh, but mm -hmm. there's some parts of it that I like a lot. Would you do it again? I've never asked any lawyer that question on pros and politics podcast. So would you do it again if you had to choose it again? You know, I can't say that I would. I I don't know. I would have to. I've never thought about that. I'd have to give that some thought, to be honest. I, my, my initial answer is no, uh, because <laughs> I think I've got a lot of other ways that I could accomplish some great things. Mm -hmm. But then um, I guess maybe phrase a different way. Do I regret it? No. So maybe that sounds weird to say. I don't know that I do it again, but I don't regret it. Absolutely. No, I think that is very um it makes perfect sense to me, not just as a lawyer, but as a person and the things that we experience in life. And there are many things in life that you're like, um, I don't regret that, but would I do it again? Mm, probably not. Right. And so I think for me, it depends on what day you ask. So some days being <laughs> lawyer, a lawyer is the greatest thing and being chief counsel is amazing. And but then some days you're just like, I knock all this stuff over, you know? <laughs> right, right, right. It just depends on the day. There's a lot of you pressure. Me. There's a exactly. lot of pressure. And honestly, in representing clients, uh, especially, and I've gotten away from uh, a lot of that except for estate planning, which is why it was awesome that you asked me to speak on this topic in particular. Um, but, you know, doing criminal defense and doing, you know, family law, family. Diver divorces and child custody. Mm -hmm. You know, I tell people, I say, you know, you think about a counselor being weighed down with everyone's problems. Well, as an attorney, you not only are we weighed down with everyone's problems, but they expect us to fix so whatever it is they messed up. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. it's kind of a double whammy, right? Because not only do we get weighed down with the problems, but if we don't act in the way that they want us to act, even if we're doing our job correctly, then all best. of a sudden we're to blame for part of these problems. Uh, so it can definitely be a very uh, stressful job. And I took it very seriously. So, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, it became um, sometimes not always that enjoyable. That's right. So 
So let's talk about estate planning. So many people don't even know what that is. So explain to our viewing and listening audience, what is estate planning? So estate planning is multifaceted. Um, it, when people hear estate planning, a lot of times they think will, right? And I can't tell you how many people I've had say, well, I have a will, so I'm okay. Uh, which of course is not true. Wills still have to be probated, which still lands you in court. It just essentially tells people what you want done. But probate, uh, I'm sorry, not probate, but estate planning, it can turn into probate. Uh, mm -hmm. But estate planning is essentially just uh, having your affairs in order uh, for okay. when you pass away. I always think about it, especially for people who have been in or around the church. Uh, when the prophet came to the King Hezekiah and said, you know, get your house in order because you're going to die. Essentially, what he was telling him was to get some things together, get mm -hmm. your things situated. And that's really what estate planning is, is getting things in order so that uh, when you pass away, things can be carried out with the least drama, if I can give an informal definition. And I love that analogy because, you know, I love that story because he turned his face to the wall and then the whole story changed. But um, I love that analogy that get your, your affairs in order because so many times we don't have our affairs in order and then it causes so much distress. Mm -hmm. So your family is already dealing with your loss. They're already dealing with your loss of income. They're already dealing with the what you brought to the table. So you were the one who bathed the kids at night or you were the one who did this or that. You went grocery shopping or yeah. you clean, you you mopped the floor. Now I gotta mop this floor. Right. Like I've been right. there, Right. okay? And you know, as a widow and as a young widow, I was 31, my late husband was 30 and like 60% of our household income was gone literally in an instant yeah. and so Again, having, you don't think about that at 31, you know, with an eight-month-old baby. You've been married two and a half years. But it's something that we all need to think about. But even as we age, like my mother, I'm always on her about, let's get this done. Like, I don't want to talk about it. You're going to live another 30 years, mama, right, okay? Right. But in the meantime, this is what we need to do. Mm -hmm. So can you tell us about some of the challenges that we may not even think about if we don't properly plan our states. Yeah. And I always tell people, because like we kind of said in the opening, it is something that you don't really want to think about. Uh, but I always tell people, think about it now and then you're free to just kind of live your life. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not that because that. you plan that all of a sudden something's going to happen. Let's get it out of the way so we don't have to think mm -hmm. about it is what we really want to do. Um, but what happens, so when someone doesn't take care of their estate plan, there are quite a few things, honestly, that could happen. Um, and because I've done probate, I've seen firsthand what happens. Uh, and I've had probate clients, for instance, where they pass away and because they did not plan for their estate correctly. Um, I had one client, for instance, who had like an, an estranged child who he hadn't spoken to in, you know, 30 over 30 years. Uh, he passed away. And um, he had had two other daughters that he raised. And of course, they received nothing. And we had to go find the estranged child that didn't want to have anything to do with him and inherit her. When there were two girls that he had raised from a very, very young age with his second wife. Uh, so there's obviously things like that. But then the cost involved. Uh, that estate, honestly, it took probably about $10,000 worth of attorney's fees to probate that estate. That's not including court costs and all those things as well uh, for something that could have been, you know, a, 
a mere fraction of that cost to set up, in his case, what would have been a trust, powers of attorney, a will, uh, just some really basic estate planning documents. And it would have made sure that the um, his his um, estate went where he actually wanted it to go. Exactly. So you said that you do estate planning. So do you do that? Is that just something that can only be done locally or can you help people wherever plan their estates? Yeah, wherever. I'm uh, doing one actually for uh, a couple. I was just speaking to them uh, before the podcast uh, that are in Arizona and they used to live here in Missouri and they contacted me and we're doing an estate plan for them. Uh, so much of estate planning in particular uh, doesn't change a whole lot from state to state. There's a little research that has to go into it to ensure that we're following that state's trust laws or, you know, whatever estate planning laws they may have there. But for the most part, you know, and, and there's a lot of things that I do in my practice uh, personally, like for instance, in Illinois, there are certain documents that only require one witness, but I always do two because some states require two. So I just kind of cover bases. Illinois is not going to turn you away because you had two witnesses, uh, whereas, you know, another state may. So you just kind of cover all the bases, but it, there's, it's very similar from state to state. Okay. So in other words, even though you're here in Missouri, our political pearls all over the country can reach out to Ryan Neal about the state planning questions and possibly planning their estate, correct? Absolutely, okay. absolutely. So how would they reach you? Uh, so you can give me a call. Uh, of course, my uh, phone is uh, 314-312-7772 um, and, or email uh, is, is good too. And it's rneal, so R-N-E-A-L at renlawstl.com. And ren is just R-E-N, uh, my initials, L-A-W-S-T-L.com. Awesome. So who are, in addition to the family in Arizona, who are like your clients or do you mainly have older clients or do you have a lot of younger clients? Do you see like a movement or transition in 2022 or in this this era of time where people are getting a little more knowledgeable about it and more people are properly planning their estates? So it's interesting you ask that. So my client base is honestly kind of all over the board. I, I literally have multimillionaire clients and I have clients who uh, thought about not doing an estate because they feel like they don't have anything, you know. That is um, awesome. Okay. Yeah. So it, it really ranges all over the board. And sometimes, I mean, we can figure out what needs to be done in a simple consultation. Um, because if, if the estate is extremely small, um, people, I, again, I've had people say, well, I didn't really have anything, so I didn't do any estate planning. But then it comes to probate and it's like, well, you did have a car uh, that was either paid off or there was some kind of equity in. And so then now your family is trying to figure out how to do a small estate affidavit or something uh, to just get to your bank accounts or get. So sometimes it's very basic things that could cost you know, a couple hundred dollars to do a transfer on death instrument in Illinois or a beneficiary deed in Missouri. Um, so it's just important for everyone to at least have that conversation with a licensed attorney who practices in estate planning. So I had to stop myself because I got so excited. And that's where that so awesome came from, because like you just said, you have the millionaires that you know, they everybody assumes that's who needs to be. You know, that's the prenup and that's the this and that's the estate planning. But the average person is probably thinking, uh, I don't really, you know, I don't have anything. But that is so important that you're saying, no, every single person, no matter where you range economically, 
you need to be able to at least have a conversation right. with a Ryan Neal or somebody right. in your area or somebody right. that you trust because we all have something, right? Mm -hmm. No one, well, of course, there are some people who feel that they have nothing, um, but the average working person has something. something. Like you said, you have a car, you have a home, you have your grandmother's earrings that you inherited from your, obviously from your grandmother. And mm -hmm. so those are things, because those are the things that families fight about. Yeah. And you know, the, the grief process is hard enough. Right. For you to have to worry about who's getting the bracelet and who's getting that coach bag that, you know, is all beat up, but, you know, not everybody wants it. And it's really sad to say that a lot of times grief brings out the worst in people. Yeah, and so does. you want to make that process, whether it's the life insurance conversation that mm -hmm. I'm sure we'll have here on Pros and Politics Podcast at some point, or like you said, the estate planning to make sure that it, it goes the way that it should. So mm -hmm. what should a person look for in a lawyer to assist them with estate planning? Like if I'm like, okay, mama, when I, I leave tonight and I'm like, okay, I'm calling my mother on the way home and we are going to figure out who we're going to go with as if we're not going to go with you, but who we're going to go with and what should we be looking for? What should our viewing audience and our listening audience, what should they look for in a professional to plan their estates? So, and before I answer that, I just want to piggyback off something you just said about, you know, who's going to get the coach bag, who's going to get, you know, one of the, one of, and, and again, this goes back to people feeling like I don't have anything anyway. Sometimes it may be important to just put some basic documents in place to just play down on the drama after death. Uh, one of the craziest situations ever, they were fighting over who was going to get mama's bed sheets. And of course, mama wouldn't have never thought you know, but but we address those kind of things. Well, who gets the household contents? You know, who gets these things? Um, and so that's so important because, you know, and then come to find out one of the other family members said, and she didn't even buy her sheets new. She got them from the Goodwill. So people literally fighting. People <laughs> <laughs> just fighting over the most ridiculous things, you know. That's like the married couple, soon to be divorced couple that's fighting over the China. Right. And and the cat and the dog, right. but the cat and the dog is pretty important. But like like China the that they haven't used, right? You know, in in how many years, right? Uh, but to to go on to answer your question, uh, in looking for an estate planning attorney, I think the main thing um, there, I have no problem with general practice. However, estate planning is an area that can get kind of nitty gritty. Um, so it's not that you have to go with a firm that only does estate planning, but you want to make sure uh, that is someone who is very knowledgeable in the area because things do change. And it's one of those areas uh, that you don't find out sometimes whether it was done right or not until you're gone. Mm -hmm. So you don't find out. Um, and that's what I tell people too, not just, uh, not just looking for an attorney, uh, but closely related to that, trying to draft your own documents. Mm -hmm. um, I had somebody recently send me something. It was a friend. So I looked over it for them. Uh, for their mother. And I looked at it and I said, there, there were literally so many errors in the document. I said, it's not legal. It's not legal at all. I mean, if she was to pass away, uh, this would be so controverted. Like we would have to have hearings and hear evidence and uh, have testimony just to prove that the will was made by her. Um, things that should not be, you know, any, any attorney worth their weight would have made sure that something like that never went out the door, but she did it herself. 
Uh, so I think the most important thing when looking for an attorney, though, is to just meet with that attorney and make sure that you're comfortable with them. Make sure that they're giving sufficient answers to your questions and not a bunch of hesitation and, you know, not really sure. I don't know. I have to get back to you. You know, many things that most people ask, you know, at this point, you should just know off the top of your head if you're a decent estate planning attorney that's been doing it for a little while. And that's really important because I always recommend, I know it's hard, especially in this economy, for people to, you know, hire counsel and things of that nature. And so I'm always like, oh, well, there are plenty of places that do, you know, on a sliding fee scale mm -hmm. or pro bono work, mm -hmm. check with your local bar association, because, you know, we are, you know, they always want you doing the Supreme Courts want you to do pro bono work and assist the community with your legal skill because it's just like you're not going to go to a cardiologist for brain surgery. Mm -hmm. You know, every lawyer is not the same. We don't all do the same things. Like, I, that's why I said I'm a lawyer 20 years almost in the game, but we will be calling Ryan for my mama's stuff because... Like you said, it's a very particular area of the law. Mm -hmm. And I understand that because I practice. Right. But we need our audience to know that you don't want to go to just anybody. And right. I always ask, I don't care if it's somebody that sells homes or somebody that, you know, does surgery. I'm like, what should someone look for when they're coming to find someone like you? So that way we are educated and informed on how we go about doing the things that we do. Because unfortunately as people, just in general, a lot of times there's so much knowledge and information, but we don't know where to go. Mm -hmm. And then we end up not doing what we need to do. Right. And here we want people to be whole and we want people to be informed. And so that's, that's why I called on you today because I'm like, okay, yes, we want to buy houses. Yes, we want to build business. Yes, we want to, you know, build wealth and legacy. But unfortunately, you know, no one lives forever. Right. And like you said, we want to get our affairs in order and then go live. Right. So get the sad part out the way, but then then just put it away, mm -hmm. you know, or follow with the circuit clerk's office <laughs> because you still file wheels with the circuit clerk's office. File it and then go live your life. Go be great. And so but then you just don't have those struggles in the end. So. Right. But right. I thank you so much for coming. Is there anything that you want us to know that I didn't ask or that we didn't flesh out in this conversation? Is there anything additional that you want us to know about estate planning? Um, not not really. I, I It's just, it's so important and it needs to be done. I mean, so much so that honestly, even for me, I'm doing something that I didn't do when I was in full-time practice, which is working with people. Uh, if they're like, oh, well, you know, I want to get this done. I need to get this done, but I really don't have that money. You know what? We'll put you on a payment plan. We'll stretch it out for 12 months and we'll go ahead and get this done for you. Not waiting until the end of the 12 months to do the documents, of course, but just so because I, I have a passion for making sure that these things are done, especially in our community, uh, because it's it's unfortunate that um, many of us do not have those plans in order. And I've been called to so many bedsides. I've been called to so many nursing homes when, you know, so many hospital rooms. Um, and, and there are times that I've had to say, no, I'm sorry, I just cannot do it. Uh, I had one where not too long ago where they called me to a, a lady's house and I talked to her that morning and this is what you want. Okay. We were doing some powers of attorney and things. And she told me everything she wanted and everything sounded good. And I got there that evening, the same day. And that lady looked at me and said she had never 
talked to me before in her life. She had no idea who I was. She did not remember this morning. She didn't know what I was talking about. Uh, and apparently she had had a seizure about an hour before I got there and she was just gone. And I'm like, you know, I do apologize, but I can't execute these things with her. You know, no. she, I, I can't, I know what she said this morning, but here right now where she, when she's going to sign her name, she can't tell me that she even had a conversation with me three or four hours ago. But unfortunately, a lot of times we wait until that point to try to address it because we act like it's never going to happen, but it's going to happen. And like you said, just get it done and go live your life. Thank you. Thank you. So thank you so much for coming. Thank you for all of your knowledge and information. Thank you for your friendship through all these years, Same. you and your wife and, and your children. Um, your friendship has meant a lot. Um, I don't know if you know just how much, but it has meant a lot. Um, you encourage me when I'm ready to jump off the leg. You're like, no, 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 don't jump. Let me tell you about Joseph. <laughs> and so, so I just thank you so much for your friendship. Um, and Likewise. I just wish you and your wife and your family the absolute best. Thank you. Same to do. you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. And thank you for tuning in today to Pearls and Politics Podcast, where we are polished and poised for greatness and impact. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and you'll join us again next week. Until then, please like, love, share, and subscribe. And we'll see you next week. Thank you. Thank you.